Well, hello, ECAN Nation. How are you today? My name is Rob Howden, joined as always by David Cole. We're here for another edition of our ECAN Face to Face, essentially a prime time show here on Wednesday night, uh, February the 22nd. Uh, lots going on in the sport right now. We're uh, heavily into the racing season. The winter programs, of course, either midway through or wrapping up. The Scusa Winter Series wrapped up. The Florida Winter Tour for Rock Cup, just getting its second race done down in Loxahatchee. Uh, lots going on in the sport. You go to the West Coast, and David, things already got underway. You and I were both trackside for the opening round of the 16th edition of the Challenge of the Americas. That's kind of one of the focuses of today's show, although really we're talking about the CIK FIA OKN program. But the season's underway. We've been to the track, and I know you're going back to uh, to Dakota for the uh, race in Phoenix it's about a week and a half. Yeah, it was a historic event earlier this month regarding the uh, introduction and debut of the OKN engine cat engine platform. And that's really kind of the focus, obviously challenging America's entering its 16th season. That's a, a good milestone as well, too. Uh, so got that opening weekend done and, and, uh, and on the books uh, at Muscleman Honda circuit. And now we're looking forward and ahead to next weekend, which we will be at the Phoenix cart racing association in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, another going to be a historic event with OKN coming back. And of course, the, the regular categories uh, hitting that halfway point uh, in the winter championship series. And we know, obviously, the OKN program you know, launching last year from the CIK, uh, the, OK, the OK package that they run, of course, at all the major events, the CIK events, the WSK events. Uh, but, you know, it's changed up a little bit, as we know. It's got the 15,000 uh, RPM rev limiter on it. There's a bunch of different things that make it a national engine. It's supposed to be run nationally. Uh, making it a little more affordable, a little more reliable. But again, lots of questions because one of the coolest things was, and very surprising, the engine didn't launch in Italy, which you would have expected they would have tried to make something happen. No, it launched in Tucson, Arizona. And that's because Andy Saisman from the Challenge of the Americas jumped on board and said, we want this as part of our program. So it was something really new. Obviously, a lot of eyes were on that event, the opening round of the Challenge, as it was really the first time that any of these carts with these engines rolled out in tracking competition. Yeah, and it's still a rollout process. Uh, let's be honest, because obviously in Europe they've they've not offered the category because it's just essentially, I think, manufacturer-wise, not ready. There's a lot of race teams waiting and itching at the bit to to offer this. They have customers in line, ready to go and ready to begin racing this this platform. Uh, you know, and again, Andy Stazman's program here at the Challenge America is going to be focused solely on Vortex. And uh, just months before, all opened it up to all homologated uh, manufacturers. So, so in a way, that was due to the rel the availability yeah. of of engines. And TM and Modena were the only two engines that were actually present uh, in Tucson, Arizona. So, we're hoping to see more uh, manufacturers in Phoenix and and. Uh, Uh, it's almost, um, how do you say exhibition, but it's not really exhibition. I mean, this is real racing, um, yep. and, and starting again, building a, a foundation for, for this new era, uh, in terms of okay. And platform. So we know, like we said, there is a lot of interest in this program right now. A lot of people have been messaging us. There's been a lot of chatter, of course, online. So we figured we'd come in here and do a face-to-face -face show on the YouTube channel. And of course on Facebook as well. And so the concept was, and we'll start bringing some guys in here, is to get a cross-section. We brought, we have Andy Saisman with us from Challenge of the America, so he's the promoter. Uh, we've got Seth Nash as well from Nash Motorsports. There's a team owner, and we'll be able to talk to him about how he sees it fitting into his program. We have a driver as well and a cart shop as well, Alex Keys. 
this year. He was actually on track uh, at the event in the, at the challenge, part of the nine drivers that took to the track. And then, of course, we also have Jesus Vasquez uh, from P1 Engines, who is an engine builder, which is obviously part of this because the engine is available to get some work done by shops. So uh, we can start bringing some guys in. Let's start with Andy Saisman, uh, Dave. We can bring as many guys in as you want, but let's just bring Andy in first because, again, uh, Andy from the Challenge of the Americas, the uh, self-proclaimed king of the world, as it says there. Why not? I like that. <laughs> we should have we should have the ability to lock down the subtitles, David. There needs to be some way to. to... I mean, we can edit it as the show goes on. Remember That's that. True. That's true. That's true. Don't, don't get yourself in trouble. Hey, listen. Uh, first and foremost, again, this would be the initial question. Uh, Andy, you saw the thing happen last year. The CIKFIA has the announcement. What was the motivation, the motivating factor for you to say, I don't know. We're going to roll out with this thing for the for the 2023 challenge and maybe not wait on until 2024. Um, you know, the the bones honest truth is on the West Coast right now, the, the 125 tag is is dying a slow death, if not dead. I mean, it's it's it's. If you look at all of the other programs, including ours, uh, you know, our, our Rock GP program was was non-existent except for masters last year um you know the writing was on the wall and then you look at other programs you know whether by iami or or open programs it's just it's it's for some reason people are losing interest in that and and we've all been around the sport uh, i'm coming up on on my 40th year anniversary by the way i think i sent wow. you guys the the thing the other day that i'll post yep. here in a few weeks um but uh you know Customers are always wanting something. It seems like every three, four, five years they want they're they're looking to pivot. They're looking to pivot, right? Whether it's manufacturer driven or customer driven, whatever the whatever the market forces are that drive it, um, the, the the sport seems to pivot. And I want to be on the front end of the pivot, instead of the back end of the pivot. And with with the GP issues, um, just the lack of participation and this new program, it was it was a, a the perfect storm for me to add this. Yeah, so and so you make the decision to do it. The first thing is, hey, you know what? We're going to stick with our our brand because obviously the Challenge of the Americas is a Rock Cup series. So let's stay mm -hmm. with the Vortex package. We'll do that for the first year. Then we'll, you know, the concept was we had talked about this before was then to open up to the other manufacturers. Yeah. Didn't kind of play, didn't kind of play out this way. That way, as David had said, product availability uh, opened the door. I think for obviously TM to kind of come into the into the into the fray and and Modena as well. Uh, overall, you, give me your thoughts on the first weekend. You know, the carts were on track. We watched a bunch of guys wheeling it, and we'll talk to Alex about what it's like to drive the thing. But it, uh, all sure. in all, you got it, you got it rolling with almost, almost, uh, you know, 10 carts. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I, I really have to personally thank, um, you know, Dominic and Stefan at PSL. I mean, they, they wholeheartedly embraced the program. Um, obviously, they were the first engine manufacturer to bring stuff to market, so they have a, a bit of an advantage. But um, they did supply, you know, most of the team, all of the teams at one point, everybody had, a, you know, I think, uh, Salivaria at one point had the Modena on and then switched back to a TM. I think yeah. he kind of went back and forth. Um, so it was an all TM um, show for the most of the weekend. So I'm, I'm really happy and I, and I thank them for, for supporting it. Um, I'm looking forward to when we get more engine supply um, by Vortex, by my brand, or, or even IAMI, the, the brand we compete with, you know, every, you know, all over the, all over the States. Right. But it was great. I mean, Look, my goal was to get to 10 entries. We got nine. Okay, I fell a little short. Um, my goal was to not have any engine blowups. We had zero engine problems. I heard zero, I didn't hear a broken reed. I didn't hear a stuck ring. I didn't hear – we obviously know there, there were no electronics issues or clutch problems. But, um, <laughs> well, I mean, look, those are the 
let's be honest. We go to races all year round. What engines don't blow up now? They have they have electronics starter problems, battery problems, clutch issues, right? I mean, this is we removed all of those things, right? I mean, that's where yeah, this, we, we we don't talk about guys sticking motors much anymore, do we? Well, no, we really don't, right? We really don't. It's all the stuff we've bolted onto them for convenience over the past 20 years, 15 years, right? So the beauty of this formula, whether it's for the every guy or whether it's for, you know, the 20 pro guys, um, the beauty of it is that it has all of those extra attachments yanked off it. Um, so from my standpoint, 100% success, no failures, almost 10 people. When, when that, when that, you guys watched, when that category came, people came to the fence. Yeah. Right. They wanted to see it. Um, and we already have one more entry than we had last month. So we're already up to 10. Maybe we pick up 11 or 12 and we're still in the standpoint where we're still waiting on engines. So it's going the right direction. And then as a, as a promoter, you use the same tire that rock GP or any of the other categories use same oil, engine oil as or, or engine oil, oil that mixes in with the race fuel, same race fuel as well too. So nothing different on your side changed to, to welcome this category in. No, it was a super easy transition for us. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, look, we added, we replaced a, a zero entry rock GP class with a 10 entry <laughs> OK class. Yeah. yeah. No brainer. Yeah. So, and you said you have already have one, one additional entry for Phoenix. What's kind of the outlook there? I know you, you talked about maybe making Phoenix and Sonoma a championship. Is it still kind of keeping it um, a race event only? Uh, for this category, or are you looking to do maybe a four yeah, round championship? I, I was about to make that announcement. I think I'm going to just, just do this race to race. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as a championship standpoint, I, I don't think the guys that are racing this, I don't think any of them care about any championship. I think they're racing it to race for the beauty of what it is. I think having a championship trophy on the shelf means nothing to the Blakes, the Jesuses, the, the Alex Keys, right? Chris Martin, Salaberry, all these guys. It means nothing to them. Um, I think they're racing it for the beauty of racing it. And as the, as the year goes on, um, they've announced, I'm sure you've saw the FIA announced that they're going to do uh, an OKN race with the world championship race in Italy. If they make spots available, I don't know how it will work, but if we can get some spots for that, if we can get some, well, I, I don't know how it's going to work, but, it, but in midsummer, if all of a sudden they say, this is the formula and we can find a way to get guys there. I'll I'll do my best to help guys get there if they want. And Andy, you you, you tease a little bit about the fact that there's going to be ten guys at Phoenix. That that's was kind of our next question for you. Let's look forward to Phoenix. So, what are your thoughts? Like, is it is it is it ten? Is it twelve? Are you getting more interest from people potentially coming in uh, for that it, race? Even even though distribution, there there aren't any more real more engines coming in from the other manufacturers yet. We both called it ass, but it is it is exactly ten because it is all nine that were there at uh, at Tucson plus one. Seth added, and I'm gonna I'm, I'll screw up his name. Hold on, I can look right now and tell you what the name is. Right, Farhadi uh, for out of Vegas. Um, oh yeah, yep, yep. Aaron. So he, he's added himself to the mix. Uh, yeah, so he's added himself, and in addition to the nine that were there, um, so Aaron Fahardy, Aaron Fahardy. So that's ten, and then uh, and you know, literally the entry closes in six hours, which is uh, over the next six hours I'll get twenty five entries or thirty entries because it's everybody waits to the last minute to <laughs> do it now. 
<laughs> Here we go. All right. And then we'll get our 10 or 15 walk-ups at the track and we'll be at our in our 120s. You know, I think Phoenix is going to be a, a tick higher than we were at Tucson. Um, just based on, you know, sets added some guys. Greg Welch has added some guys, right? So uh, Ryan uh Ryan Roots added some guys. So I'll, so you have three of our biggest teams that added two or three, you know, that's gonna help. So so, folks, if you're, if you're tuning in here, watching here on YouTube or Facebook, uh, obviously this is inter- interactive. If you use the uh, the comments, we see them. They pop up in front of us. We'll feel, so if you have some questions, feel free to put them up there. We can bring them in and, and, and ask Andy or Alex, Seth, or Jesus uh, any questions you may have as we talk about this OKN program and how it's uh, kind of introducing itself on the West Coast with the Challenge of the Americas. We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs and Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com.
The Challenge of the Americas is back for its 16th season in 2023, and some intriguing changes are in store to make this new year the most exciting yet. We've adjusted the schedule to make our program work better for our teams, which means more teams, more racers, and more competition. For the first time, we're starting the Challenge of the Americas season in February. We're launching at the incredible Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, one of the best racetracks in the country, on the February 3rd to 5th weekend, and then we'll head to the PKRA facility in Phoenix on March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. The finale will again take place at the beautiful Sonoma Raceway this year on April 14th, 15th, and 16th. The sought-after tickets to the Rock Cup Super Final in Italy and the Rock Vegas event in Las Vegas will be on the line, as always. We're also stoking the fire for the series with two exciting new classes for this year's challenge that have the karting community buzzing. We'll be the first program to offer the new CIK, FIA, OKN formula, which is karting at its purest. Direct drive, no starter, light and fast. Who's up for this challenge? We're also providing the country's only place for juniors to race gearbox carts with our new Rock Shifter Junior class. The engine is restricted, which provides an incredible experience for our young racers and durability and lower engine costs for our families. If your son or daughter is looking at a shifter, race the challenge to get real experience. The 2023 season of the Challenge of the Americas kicks off in less than three months, so make sure you book the weekends on your racing calendar. To learn more, head to challengecarding.com. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Uh, speaking of that, let's bring in our next guest because we'll kind of transition. We'll keep Andy with us, but let's bring oh. Alex Keys. Oh, no, we don't have enough room unless you want him there. I bring mean, every, we can keep him there. Bring all everybody right, we'll in. There, there we go. Right. I like it. I like it. So everybody's in, <laughs> everybody's in the pool now. Uh, Alex Keys, we want to kind of go to you next because obviously we talked to the promoter about his concept of it and why he's doing it and, and kind of how he sees it kind of playing out. Everybody wants to know, what's it like to drive? You know, you've driven a bunch of stuff. You've driven single speed. You've driven shifters. Heck, you're a professional race car driver as well. What, uh, you know, one weekend on it, some testing. What are your uh, what are your impressions on the OKN package? Yeah, so for me, um, I grew up racing HPVs, Yamahas, Rotax, um, and then took a few years off karting and came back in shifter for a few years. So for me, it's kind of like a mixture of, a regular tag and a shifter where you need to carry the momentum, but then once the momentum gets going, it really carries on. So like at Tucson, for example, when you come off the hairpin, it's very similar to a KA. I think in practice, actually, a KA passed me back out of the corner. <laughs> but then by the time you get to the S's, you know, you gap them a second. So hey, once Al the power- Alex, do me a favor, at least say VLR. Just at least in VLR. Just for the, just for the, <laughs> just, it was a VLR. Asked me. That's funny. So, uh, so uh, enjoyable. Like, did you like it? What what kind of style did like? Did you need to drive it a little bit differently. I talked to you know, I talked to a couple of guys about it as well. Uh, and you, you kind of had Chase Jones was saying you kind of had to drive it almost like a car because when you, you know you don't have the you know you, you're not freewheeling through the corner. You know the, the engine is still pushing because it's direct drive. Yeah. So. Um, well, kind of the main reason I wanted to drive it in the first place, you know, it's kind of been hard for me to get excited to drive a KA based on all the other things I've driven. Um, 
Be a lot. And then uh, for me driving a shifter, because I don't race a ton anymore. When I was racing shifter, it was to get in shape for racing cars. Yeah. Now I can't hang on for 25 laps in a shifter. So for me, the OKN is perfect because I get enough excitement. I can make the 20 lap final. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, it was the perfect besides weight for me personally, everything about the package was perfect for what I wanted out of. Driving. How long, how long did it take you to get what you think would be a good feel for it? I get it's It's something different to drive. We talked about, you know, you said you came through with HPVs and Yamahas, like so many did, then went car racing. And then of course into the shifter, it's a, like I said, it's a different feel to drive it. How long did, did you feel like you picked it up pretty quickly and we're, we're kind of getting right at it? Yeah. I mean, I'm a bit rusty cause I haven't been, been driving for a while. So it was just an adjustment, getting back into a single speed, getting the flow. Um, the braking is a little bit tricky, okay. um, but I mean, once you get used to it, it's just so much fun to drive. I wanted to keep doing more and more laps, um, which for me is a big deal. Something that you want to keep doing more laps, even if you're by yourself is a great engine to drive. Yeah. I like that. It's, 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 it's almost like something you just go up by yourself with cause it's so much fun to drive. Right. Yep, exactly. Can I ask a question, Rob? You okay with that? Yeah, so, serve it up. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, so that you you talk about the braking, right? So it seems to me when I watched guys in the first few sessions, they were actually over braking because they weren't weren't used to the engine braking aspect of it being a direct drive. Like they were they were used to the kind of the freewheel and clutch. Yeah. Is that does that make sense from from the outside standpoint? From you know, guy doesn't drive much anymore. Yeah, the biggest thing I struggled with was getting to the gas early enough. Um, and I don't know if that has something to do with the, the direct drive, but it almost had a delay on the throttle for me. So I had to kind of back up the corner because I was, I was overdriving like crazy the first few days. And then honestly, by the end of the weekend, I think I was probably underdriving a little bit. You should have had Jesus, Jesus do your engine. He probably would have gotten rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> here's, a, here's a question right here. This comes from Jim Kidd. It says, what makes the braking tricky? Just to kind of, just to kind of throw that out there. Well, when you have a clutch, it kind of deadens the feel of when you lock up the brakes. And with this, if you're not perfectly straight, you know, it wants to straighten the cart out immediately if you get on them hard. So you just got to make sure that you're straight when you get on them because it's easier to lock up. But once you get the hang of it, it's actually, for me, I think it's easier to brake at the limit um, because you can feel what's going on. You just got to make sure that you're straight. Here's another really good question here. David, let me grab this here first. Yeah. It's it, it's from Carl Fries. And this is, Andy, I'm going to throw this at you because I know you walked around and looked at this. Carl <laughs> said, please don't blow up the weights for the class. Obviously, you know, I know that you went, one of the things you did on Friday was to get a weight on every driver and how much ballast they had on again. Just That's something I think we talked a bit about. We had that in our Paddock Insider, but maybe a good opportunity for you now to kind of chat, chat about that a little bit. Well, for sure. Well, I mean, the, the international weight is 340 work, 341, which is, I think, 155 kilos. I would take that one pound. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you take 10 keys, you take 10. And if you weren't in a hotel in Park City right now because you were snowboarding instead of or on a, in a, at a treadmill, maybe it'd be, you know, it'd be different. But um yeah, I wanted to be close, right? So we just made the way 340. It was it was either 340 or 345. Um, quite honestly, I wasn't going to make a gigantic change because this is an international formula, and I don't want to be, I don't want to sound snobbish, but this is not a formula for everybody. This is not a, this is not this is not for a 190 pound driver. It's just not. Um, 
so we, we heard rumblings about other programs that are thinking of it. They're thinking of running 350 and 360, and, and it just – I don't want to bastardize this program, right? I just don't. So we, we took everybody's – we went – we dropped our scales down, which I know are proper. They've, they've been – they've been uh, – they've been – Calibrated. Calibrated. Thank you, Dave. See, I had another drink. Um, calibrated twice, right? I've had them calibrated by an official uh, company. And I had them calibrated by Eric Thompson, who's weighed 174 pounds for the last 30 years, right? So with those two things, I know that they're right. So uh, I'm surprised it didn't get a little bit of a chuckle because that's actually how I calibrate the scales. Um, <laughs> so when we put everybody on, we took we took their overall weight, the driver weight with the helmet, and how much weight that we assumed was on the car just by taking a quick glance. And... If you were 170 pounds, sorry, sorry, keys. If you were 170 pounds with your helmet on, you could make weight, right? We had Alex, who was about 10 over. We had Chase Jones, who was about six or seven over. We had somebody who was right who had zero weight on, right at 171 pounds, who was 343. And then we had four drivers with 40 pounds on the go, right? <laughs> right, right. The, the two guys in the on the bottom there, they're two sons, right? Uh -huh. um, but so, but the point is, this is if you have two guys that are forty pounds. Actually, you had four guys that are almost at forty pounds on. If you have that much weight on the car, I'm not going to tell those guys they need to add another ten. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, Alex. I, you, you know, I kid you because I'm a big. I fought weight my whole life and still do. Um, but this is not a class for big guys. And I know you, with some work, could get to 170. With you, could lose ten pounds. I've already lost anymore. five. Yeah. And, and, I, and I saw your dad. Your dad lost sixty, by the way. Your dad, your sixty-something-year-old dad, lost sixty pounds, by the way. So <laughs> um, well, yeah. So to, to wrap that up, I know I, I'm long-winded, but we that that weight is pretty well thought out for what for somebody who would consider themselves a higher-level driver for sure. My 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 question to Alex because this was something I didn't even kind of review when we were there trackside. How does the starting procedure of the engine work? Because the button, not all of us are used to this button that uh, that are on the engines. How does the button actually work? Yeah, so um, you push it down and it opens the compression so you can push it easier, spin it easier. Um, and depending on how you do it, it's easier if you got the driver helping and the mechanic helping, but you jump in with the button down. And then once you're going fast enough, you pull it up and give it throttle at the same same time. And then what about when you come into scale? Is that you push it back down then? Is that how yeah, it works? Yeah, I just push it down right before I come to a stop. Okay, yeah, that was the question we had uh, during our Paddock Insider. And again, that was something I didn't even think to to investigate because I figured, yeah, you just pushed it and it, I thought it automatically went up. I wasn't sure if you had to pull it manually or not. So, okay. Now, Dave Davies thought maybe once the engine has enough time on it that it will eventually go up on its own, but Okay. I did never try. Uh, the maybe itself. maybe Jesus can do some dyno work with that. There you go. <laughs> we'll bring him in. We're, listen, we're obviously going to come there in a second. Uh, Alex, just to kind of wrap up the segment on driving wise, uh, were you did, did you work the carburetor a lot? Like, did, give, give me your thoughts on gearing, carburetion, that kind of thing. Did you have to do much while you were driving? Yeah. So it's definitely something if you're um, good at tuning when you're driving. You can really like move it more than a couple en other engine packages right. and then the gearing you know you also kind of find the best compromise between getting off the bottom end 
and then how early you're hitting the limiter. Um, it seemed like a lot of people were spending some time on the limiter at Tucson because of that one hairpin. Yeah. Um, so that's you know similar to a Rock GP for the gearing. You know, spend some time on the limiter, but it's give and take. We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. The 25th edition of the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour continues this month with round two of the program heating up South Florida over the February 17th to 19th weekend. The series makes its debut visit at the new PK Entertainment and Race Park in Loxahatchee, Florida, which is located just outside West Palm Beach. Compete in any of the 10 categories featuring the Vortex engine line, from micro and mini rock to the VLR100cc classes and the high-speed rock shifter divisions. The series is set to wrap up on the March 17th to 19th weekend with the final rounds contested at the Orlando Kart Center. Each of the 10 class championships will be decided with the final round of action in Orlando, Florida. Be sure to mark down the Rock Vegas event, set for the real All Suite Hotel and Casino, scheduled for October 25th to the 29th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Visit rockcupusa.com for all the details and information surrounding the Florida Winter Tour, Rock Vegas events, and more. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record-setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network.
All right, let's let's uh, let's go to the next one. Let's bring in Jesus Vasquez from uh, from P1 Engines. Obviously, we've talked to the promoter, we've talked to a driver. Jesus, let, let's let's talk to you a little bit, and we'll get started. You know, um, when did like this thing obviously rolls in? I don't know when when did the first engine land in your shop? Like, was it was it December? Was it like at the end of January? Like, when did you first get a chance to look at one of these things? So we've been. Uh, I was able to get my hands on an OK uh, a little bit more than a year ago an actual okay senior engine and uh that was that was the first time that uh i just i i fell in love with the thing you know and uh the speed the simplicity of it um and honestly that one we ran we used it for training for for jesus jr and uh just got a lot of time uh at the track with it and i when I opened it up, I liked the way everything looked, you know, the maintenance on it, as far as just using it for practice was, was a lot less than what we're using now, you know? Uh, but then when the OKN thing came around, we didn't get those engines till the Friday before the race. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the Thursday, it was either Thursday or Friday. We basically had, a couple of days to to, to kind of open them up, take a look, and and head to the track. All right. Did you obviously obviously Andy? So you made a great statement that I need you to actually probably talk a little bit more about. Is you said about when you pulled them apart, you made you looked you looked at them after running the OK engine, right? Which is fundamentally the same internal components. Because guys on the internet. Keyboard warriors are talking about, oh, this engine is going to require a new piston every 30 minutes. Oh, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be so much maintenance intensive. And your experience in the field shows otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest difference is that it has a proper air box. Um, I think that's one of the things that we struggle with nowadays is the filtration in the air box, the filters that we use. I mean, the VLR, a lot of guys don't even use a filter. The, right. the, the air box doesn't come with the filter. So basically any dust, dirt particles come in, it just goes right through the engine, puts a lot of wear on it. Uh, that's the biggest thing I noticed on the OK was the air box element. It has an actual filter element in there. And it just yeah, stopped do. a lot of the debris and a lot of little stuff that was coming through. And I just think it's better balanced. Uh, and even the OKN now has has less RPM. I mean, we're spinning them up to 15 as opposed to the VLRs, like at Rock Vegas. I mean, we're twisting those things up to almost 18 now. Wow. And so, anytime you add a thousand RPMs to an E engine, it's just more more maintenance. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not turning the VLRs like that all the time, but generally between. 16 and 17,000 RPMs is where the range is. It's uh, it's probably pretty early. Obviously, you know, you've had the one weekend on it yet. Uh, how long do you think till you'll be able to get a feel for, you know, how what is the maintenance schedule going to be like? When are we going to have to put pistons in? Do you have any thought of that as of yet? No, I mean, it's so tough. Early. I mean, yeah. it's early. You know, generally now with the guys racing national events, I mean, we're, we're refreshing them pretty often already. I mean... And it really comes down to the amount of money we're spending at those events. Nobody wants to go with 
uh, an engine to a race that has, you know, sometimes more than two or three hours on it because, again, of what we got into a national event, you know. So I don't see the OKs being much different than than that when it comes to that. But as far as what they will actually last um, and see the performance drop, I, I don't know yet. We had somebody actually ask what the horsepower is. You've had it on the dyno. Have you done any work on it yet? Um, what, what numbers are you seeing right now? So generally, just from the X30s that I have and then just putting one on the dyno, it made it made it exactly about 10 more horsepower than a X30. So what's that put us at? What's, what is the number? Um, on my dyno, it's putting out uh, 30, 38 horsepower. Wow, okay. Well, Jesus has his turned up, so it puts yeah. out 172 horsepower. It could be yeah. down. Well, and then on paper, on paper, all the all the documents that FIA has put out, they say around 35 horsepower. Obviously, there's plus or minus depending on on the manufacturer and what you've done to it. So, yeah, I mean that's a good number. What it, just to kind of wrap up the Tucson weekend? Did did you notice like any any um? any issues that arose with the engines that you were working with there with some of the customers, obviously, as you said, you didn't have a lot of time to, to prep fully and, and get as, as more prepared as you probably will be for fate for Phoenix. But were there any like gremlins that stood out or, or maybe just anything that could, that, that, that occurred over the weekend? Um, not really. We did have some broken reads. We were, but that's from experimenting. Okay. Um, but besides that, uh, no, I mean, I, I actually thought it went pretty easy, pretty, pretty nice. Nothing good stuff. All right. Nothing. So uh, really. Okay. So we've talked to the promoter. We've talked to a driver. We've talked to the engine builder. We can come back and circle back around more questions, whatever it may be. Let's, let's go to Seth now. He's been kind of waiting patiently, but Seth, obviously as a team owner, uh, running both East and West Coast programs this year, which is awesome to see you guys doing that with uh, with drivers on both sides of the country. What is it about the OKN engine uh, that excites you? What what makes you say, hey, as a team owner, I think I want this? Can, is it is it sellable? I know that you got your son in it, but is what what's the program? What's what's your thought on it? Another class, right? Another yeah. class to add to all the classes we have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you know what excites me about it is. Uh, like what Andy was talking about, uh, having the no electronics, no clutch, back to the direct drive stuff, like what I used to race. And I think it's it's going to build better drivers. I think it's going to be, be um, tougher for drivers. That's going to create uh, um, a better quality, having them run through the corners smoother. It's going to teach them more more things than what they're learning now with the uh, clutch, you know, electric start stuff. <laughs> so, well, if you, if you, yeah, you know, if you've been in the sport long enough, like most of us have, if you go back to the late nineties, that's where a lot of these guys came from, right? It was formula A, right? There yeah. was obviously, there was obviously formula C, but, but formula A is a lot. That's where a lot of the superstars came from. You know, when you go back to the old NAKC days and Alonso and the guys all and, and button and everybody running in formula A, um, is that, is that something you see? Is, it, is this going to be the potential pro class for American yeah, I could see I could see that coming. I mean, I put my son in it and it was really, honestly, it was really, really good for him. He, uh, 
he learned a lot and he's he's lucky enough to go racing weekend after weekend and you know from him running this tucson event in the direct drive category to go right to the clutch racing the weekend after in homestead and then to the rock gp the weekend after that um i think he excelled more because of and, and you'll see it in his results he excelled more because of um this direct drive class that he ran in tucson and i'm i'm really a true believer that that his results were because he was a lot smoother he was uh more patient because he had to be in the okn category uh and let's let's go over to jesus then same kind of thing we'll go as opposed to edgy build let's go to the dad question you you obviously put your son in it as well and he obviously looked really good very strong what what was the motivation there too? Was it is it are you kind of echoing the same thing that Seth is saying? Yeah, um, you know, it was about a year ago. I brought it up to Andy about the OK about my son running the OK senior engine we had and how much I loved it and how it would look neat to see some of these drivers compete in it. At the time, we had Andy had no GPS racing, and my son was racing junior. Hey, don't take credit for my amazing idea. <laughs> oh, terrible. Stop it. Stop it. This is all true, my, by the way. This is all true. And my thing, my thing was, I said, Andy, uh, you know, I like your series. It's it's a fun series to come at the beginning of the year. We go to nice tracks. Uh, I go, there's really nothing for Jesus to race, you know, if if I want to move him up to senior. I mean, I either keep him in uh the 100, but there wasn't that step up from that. And I just felt like in the 100, there's a lot of, there were a lot of times you had, uh, you had a lot of the veterans like Calvo at times you had, um, uh, I can't think of the name. Jake Drew. Uh, Jake Drew. Yeah. Uh, that just really had no place to race unless you, unless you race shifter. So you were either going to race the 100 where I felt some of these guys shouldn't be in, and I, and and that's kind of when I brought it to attention. I said, "Hey, Ron, what do you think about bringing in the OK?" And uh, so when he announced it, I just thought, "Well, I want to support it. Um, I, I I'm in love with the engine as far as the components on it." And I just thought, "Hey, let's let's put him in that and and support it." So back to Seth. That that begs the question right now. You know, as a as a team owner and a shop kind of owner. Uh, is this is this are you getting interest from from people on this are they, are they asking like obviously yeah, after the first I, weekend you guys you guys were badasses you won races and you were on sure. up front was it was there lots of interest a lot of interest in it um obviously we added uh, another driver for this next week week's race next weekend's race whatever why weekends get lost <laughs> but, uh, um and i have another one that that's interested as well and then you know just heading to the east coast after that everybody on the east coast asking questions you know it stirred up like everybody's like what'd you guys think you know what i mean what what was yeah. it what was it like so i think you know it's going to gain some momentum for sure and uh and you know offering it like what jesus said like a pro class for some of these guys i think is is good because in all honesty like on the on the west coast um like andy said the the 125 stuff's dead so all the pro drivers or whatever we want to call them out here right there have no nowhere to go but vlr 
um, which is fine. I think Velar racing is great, but now it's another category that we can offer to some of my clients that have excelled in the VLR 100cc stuff to be like, hey, now you need to go into this category. And this is going to be the up and coming category. And I think that's, you know, it's exciting for some people. Um, we'll see how it continues and how, uh, you know, with the other manufacturers coming on board to see how the parity is of everything. I think it's exciting from back in the ICA days when I tuned a lot and was involved in that a lot that, uh, I mean, it was expensive. There was different manufacturers coming in, but uh, we'll see how this OKN situation goes. Cause right now all you've really seen is the TM stuff. And I'm excited to see the Vortex. I'm excited to see the other brands indeed. Uh, manufacturers going. We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. It's a multi-time world champion, and it's a Supercarts USA Super Nationals winner. It is Sodicart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the U.S. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodicart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer Sodicart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. Top level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the US Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the U.S. or the super soft green SS and the intermediate white IZ optional compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long-lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. 
The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full carting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Kart Sales family today. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. And, that, and that's kind of my counterpoint right now. Obviously, uh, it's I, I mentioned to someone, it's kind of like the KZ of single-speed racing, right? Because it's essentially an op- open engine. Uh, the counterpoint would be, are we worried, or is there some worry about how expensive it could get? We know what it was like sure. with IC, ICA. But yeah, it's, again, you're paying for 38 horsepower single-speed. Yeah. Is, is, is this, is this going to become a pretty expensive motor? You know, I don't know yet. I mean, right now, like it's a, uh, you know, it's unknown, right? Yeah. How long we have to put, we have some ideas of how long we can go on pistons um, and reeds and stuff we were testing all weekend with our drivers. Um, but I could see the future of it, you know, with, with other manufacturers and getting a little expensive, but what's not in go-karting, <laughs> you know, you go to a race and there's guys throwing five sets of tires on in one day. So, I mean, if we're trying to get like you, back, yeah, no, not me. It's <laughs> like Lake Nash. No. <laughs> little under team, team stripe there. Hey, who's running two categories? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. It's, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, I mean, it, anything's yeah. going to be expensive in karting. I, I do like the simplicity of the engine package. I like the quality of the engine package um, and it's fun. So, I actually had a fun time. If you, if you ask some of the guys in my tent uh, from my Tucson weekend, I had a blast and it was fun to see tuning and learning and a new class and experience. And like, I, I enjoyed it that week. Well, if, so if I, you go I, back, if you go back to the last time that we had direct drive at Tucson, uh, that was a stars of karting race where I think there was 25 guys in the field and only four guys finished. Yeah, uh, I remember blew, that. I was there. <laughs> blew, I'm sure you were. Blew a lot of engines up. So we needed the uh, air boxes we had now. There you go. I, yeah. Jesus kind of gave that information, right? Hey, Susan, like you were, you've been around a long time. We're talking what? That's almost 20 years ago, right? 18 mm-hmm. years ago, like 2005, yeah. 2006. So we're looking at eight, 17, 18 years. The, the difference in the quality, hey, Susan, is that what you're seeing when, you, when you're pulling the thing out? Is this just a really nice piece? or? Well, the point, I guess the point I want to make, and I, I mean, obviously here in the shop, we get a lot of questions and same thing, answering phone calls, answering questions. And the thing, some of the things I've said in the past, uh, doing the engines for as long as I've been doing it and carting for as long as I've been doing it. I think when you look at carting, uh, our engine program has stayed relatively cheap. Okay. So if you go back to, 2010 ish, you know, and even in that like late 2008, 2000 time area, 
what we were paying for, if you remember what we were paying for Yamaha's and Comer's race prep, I mean, Comer's at the time were going for 2,500 bucks. For know, a $600 engine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all said and done. I mean, a Yamaha, yeah, you got for 800, then you needed a clutch, you needed a pipe, you needed, you know, all these little accessories. Um, and there were also $5,000 engines going around too. Yeah, but you really didn't know what you got. So, so exactly. Yeah, I always, I always tell guys now, even for a mini rock, two thousand bucks, you have a nice piece with the starter, with the pipe, an air box, and you can almost go out with the stock mini rock and go compete and be decent. And the new carburetor, (laughs) right? (laughs) So, I've always wondered how come. And that hasn't been the same for the go-karts, the chassis side, or really anything else in karting. I mean, a chassis, if you go back to 2010, I don't remember what they cost, but they definitely weren't as expensive as they are now. They were five. They were still five back then. Really? In 2010? Yeah, but 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 in but in but in like oh two, they were twenty five hundred. That was the big jump. That was okay. a big jump. They, they doubled in the first 10 years. And then they, I, I think they've almost artificially been kind of kept down. Uh, like, what's a new OTK now, Seth? I don't sell chassis. I just animals. sold one today, 5,200 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not, I mean, they haven't gone up tremendously. But, but to your point, Jesus, I, I get it 100%. And to the expense, and I'm, I'm not hijacking, just let me add a little bit. Uh, to the expense of the category, I think Jesus said it best. A segment ago when he said look when when you when guys go to national races they're putting a piston and reeds and whatever and set of main bearings or whatever in the, in the engine anyway no matter what engine it is it could be a two thousand dollar mini rocket could be a four thirty eight hundred dollar okn they're putting those parts in now they may have a, a a practice engine that they that they you know stretch out a little bit longer but after the initial purchase of the engine, I think the maintenance schedule on a lot of this stuff, as far as national racing goes, is exactly the same. Interesting. I mean, okay. Especially when you're renting engines. I mean, uh, I mean, like, what's what's a percentage of the paddock that rents an engine at this point, right? 70%, 80%? The, the cost is the cost. Here's another question I want, tech-wise, uh, and it's from Corbett Jones. He says, why do we have to run the additional silencer? That was one of the interesting things that uh, – that Dave and I talked about when we got to the racetrack. It's a pretty quiet engine. Quiet. Surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, want to start with that? Or Jesus, either of you guys? Or even Andy? I think it's just mandated. I, I, I need to take it off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get it. Hold on, Seth. You really want to find another place to add five pounds to your kid's go-kart? That's <laughs> true. That's yeah, true. it sounds better. I mean, yeah. um, you know what? I, one, I think this was Keys that put this question up under an alias because he's 10 pounds over one. <laughs> Um, but, but ultimately, you know, Nick LaDuke made a great point to me that weekend. He says, you know, people are complaining about the silencer. He says, we've run them both ways. It makes zero difference in the performance. I don't know if you found that, if you even tried it, Jesus or Seth or Alec. But he says, what? Did it, did it make any difference in the performance? Did you try it or no? I have not tried it. We didn't try it. Okay. Uh, so they, they tested it at... Sonoma and pull it off, and he said it makes zero difference. But Leduc made a very good point. He says the more that our tracks are getting encroached on by development, we're going to need quieter packages. So we might as well get used to it and leave the thing off. 
That's true. We did talk about that a bit when we were at Tucson. It is uh, it is definitely true. So and yeah, and why? I mean, if you're going to keep the OKN package the same across the world, I mean, you might as well run the silencer because they're going to run it everywhere else across the Absolutely. world. They're so going to run in Europe. So what's the difference, right? So it, all it right, guys. Helps. No Sorry. different than pushback bumpers here. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I know. We'll get into that. That'll be enough. So folks, what, uh, again, what, deep what, dive what, there, Dave. What else you got? Just one, one kind of last question. You guys kind of hit on a little bit. It, would this be a category that you you don't introduce to new people or you do introduce to new people? Because I almost see it, and Seth kind of said it, it's almost like a ladder. Like, here, try 100cc, and if you get to a point to where you're not making improvements or, or you need something different, then you have this opportunity out there. That's what I see for, for my side of it. I'm not going to stick somebody right in this OKN and tell them, Let's get after it because it's not going to happen. I think right. it would be a good training tool for these people that are that that are getting into the sport that want to do it. This is their option to train in this until you're ready. There's got to be a stepping stone. The VLR 100. Once you excel in that, then you can move up to this next category. Yep. And in the meantime, you can train in it. You know what I mean to get better. Yep. And that's the problem with this sport right now is. Everybody wants to buy their way into the OKN category or the X30 category when they're not ready. People aren't ready. I'd be honest with people, and you're going to be running VLR till you can podium in that, and then we move on to the next category. And it's we're the internal explore. ladder. It's the internal ladder system. It's 100. percent Internal so ladder yeah. system in this yeah. in this sport is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, again yes to a certain extent i think it's again it's, it's, it's all there it's we just true. have to we have to we have to be we have to stick with it right you have to stick with it and i think this is a good this is a good category to offer to the to the client that's ready yeah. to do that you know what yeah. i mean that's ready to move into it and, the, and your point seth i mean i'm excited to see how this progresses this year right i mean i think the biggest the biggest benefactor of our experience is going to be Janowski in his stars program, right? Because he doesn't start till May, right? We, we've we've worked the bugs out. All of a sudden, there's going to be 200 engines in the United States in May. There's not going to be 25, right? And people are going to be talking about it all we all winter with you guys, right? Whether it's in Florida or out west, right? And all of a sudden, Janowski's going to have 25 guys at his first race. Good for him. I buy my insurance from him, so he owes me a discount. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, Andy, here, um, here's here's one for you, Andy. This, you'll like this. this. Is from Steve Bates. Will there be an OKN master's class in the near future? Steve, I have no desire to see master's guys tripping over themselves on the grid. Trying to start. Uh, you could push them, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I no. Think, uh, I, will, I will drive one. You guys can push me. It might take all of the rest of you on this this thing, but I would. Uh, the, minute, the minute we get Vortexes, I'm, I'm putting one together just so I can drive it. All right. Hey, Zeus, what yeah, some my, my, point, my point to finish up, because again, uh, about the engine was the pricing a little bit, right? How the engines in the before were generally what we're spending nowadays, but we're racing. What we see all the time is an engine builder is it's it's old equipment. Every the VOR is the is the old Rock TT bottom in. They slap the cylinder on it. All the manufacturers just it's it's old equipment. And so I don't think the okay is for everybody, but it's really nice to have the latest stuff. When you, when you open up an okay, like you see on the chassis side, when you look at a Burrell, 
an OTK, it's, it's constantly developing into something better and better and better. And I think with the VLR, we're not ever going to see that. The VLR is the VLR, which is good. It's great for the sport. It's great for guys to come in and race at. But I think it's also good to be able to have the latest and greatest stuff. It's putting the proper engine on the proper carts that we're getting nowadays. And it could be for a small group or the, for the elite or the guys at the top that can come and race the latest stuff. I mean, hey, that's hey, the Susan, way I it's, a, it's a similar kind of thing to the, when we had the stock Honda, right? And the KZ. People would say the stock Honda is a 1990. Why are we racing a 1999 dirt bike engine when there's a KZ purpose-built shifter cart motor, right? It's kind yeah. of, the, to a certain extent, the same thing. Like you said, this OKN package is new technology and it's cutting edge. And if that's kind of where you want to be in the sport, it's for certain people. I, I, that, in, my, in my mind, when I look at it, it's for certain people. It's not for brand new people. Uh, if, if you're a, if you're a guy like Alex who wants to go to, to go track day as well for training, it's going to be a great vehicle if you're a driver. But it's not for somebody new. That's for sure. The yeah, other sure. concern is the rulings, right? The rules are open. They're you're able to do a lot. But I'm interested to see how much of that's going to have an effect because now the biggest stopper to that is the fifteen thousand rev limiter. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they're already making a ton of horsepower, you know. To find an extra horsepower or two, I don't know if it's in the engine to find that. And how much is an extra horsepower going to make a difference in something that's already making 35, 36 HP? Well, you, know, you had a, you had the we, we spoke last week, Jesus, and we talked about that exact thing. And it's like when you know when you find a half a horsepower in a VLR, right? That that is a huge thing, right? You're talking about a 20 horsepower engine, half horsepower. It's two and a half percent. That's a gigantic thing, right? Now you're talking about an almost forty horsepower engine. You find a half a horsepower, and eh, it's a it's a percent. It's it it, it has far less value. So, sure. so but the biggest and, stopper is the, the rev limiter. Yeah, and, and, no, exactly. It's going to be how you get there, and 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 but it's going to be track specific too. Because here we the the fun thing, and I'm sorry, going to miss Rob to I don't know announce whatever that IndyCar garbage you do, but. Um, the thing that the thing that actually pays you, by the way. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> when we go to Phoenix and the amazing announcer that Mike Smith is filling in for you, but um, when we get there, it's such a different track than Tucson is. Yeah, it's, it's very it's, true. That, that's going to be fun to watch you guys adapt to that, right? When you talk about, hey, I don't know if you, what was your minimum MPH? You know, um, over the, did you look at your minimum miles an hour in the corners? at all yeah i don't remember what it was alex what when, I you? Race there, alex. when i race there go ahead yeah i'm here alex, <laughs> alex, hey, alex. <laughs> alex do, you, do you remember what your minimum uh mile per hour was i know it's through the hairpin but do you remember what it was 38.4 okay oh that's your problem <laughs> <laughs> trash talk super we no, but and that's accurate because I can because because I can tell you when I raced in the Pro Tour there in thirteen or whatever, um, my minimum mile per hour there was thirty seven miles an hour as a masters driver. So you can imagine, right? And it'll be significantly lower when we get to. Oh, now we get to Phoenix yeah. and we're down in the low twenties. Yeah, we're gonna be yeah. you know, like we're gonna be maybe like if we hit if those guys hit twenty five, it's gonna be amazing. It'll be, right? it'll be a dyno pull because you go out of that hairpin all the way down the straightaway. Right. We're gonna cut the so, hairpin off. 
There we go. Let's run it backwards. Just run it backwards. That's been proven to work well. All right, guys, let's let's wrap this thing up. Let's let's go around the horn, Alex. Let's let's start with you. Uh, obviously, you got a chance to drive the thing. Got ten minutes. Yeah, no, I know how long that drink will take. Um, (laughs) Alex, Alex, you ready to get back behind the wheel? Have you done any? Have you done any practice? More testing since Tucson? (laughs) Yeah, at Apex, and uh, yeah, that track is. I think the low speed was twenty four miles an hour at Apex. Yeah, it was still fun there. Just hit on the limiter a little bit, but yeah, it was good to get some testing. And then um, I don't think I'll drive again before Phoenix. We're just going to get there early. And start driving. Well, you're in, you're in Utah, aren't you? Are you in a hotel in Utah? Yeah. yeah. He's training. He's training. training. Cardio, training. baby. He's training. Yeah, cardio. Altitude. Seth, <laughs> what, Seth, what about you? Obviously, a, a different component for you. You don't have this uh, this package on the on the East Coast as part of that program, but it's something you got on the West Coast. You talked about uh, interest in it. Uh, do you feel it's going to be a, a cool component for Nash Motorsports for 2023? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to offer it. Like I said, we're, we're kind of on the forefront of it all, watching it all go down and experiencing it with a few drivers of ours. So I think that once uh, once I see some more momentum with the Stars stuff, I think it's exciting. You know what I mean? And I'll, and I'll offer it to, to some of my pro category drivers. Interesting. So that's, that's, uh, that's something that, you know, I'd like to see. Hey, Suze, let's talk development. You kind of touched on it a little bit. You weren't sure what you could do. Uh, are you spending time in the thing? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, okay. Trying to find the time. But, uh, yeah, We're, we we have some more time on the dyno. We've been out to the track a couple times. Just uh, It's just so new. I mean, yeah. the hardest thing is the power band is so short. You bog off the corner and you're down, you, you, it gets to the rev limiter. So a lot a of driver's changes, engine. I love that. It's a driver's yeah. engine. And, and we've made some pretty big swings at it with my son at the track. And it's, it's at the end of the day, it's hard to get that lap time to change. Right. Um, it's really hard to slow it down. Even like you would think some things that we did would make it slower. And it just, it just has so much power and so short that it just gets there. Right. So we'll learn more about that just, as it comes along. I could be I could be an engine builder now if it's that hard to screw up. Yes. I could just do it all the time. The, the engine Don't. building's the easiest part. <laughs> Andy, Andy, you're not an engine builder. You're a promoter. You got a couple more races coming, of course, at Phoenix and Sonoma as well. Trying to, of course, continue to fuel the momentum. Uh, get to some more guys over at Nash Motorsports to put more guys in the in the program. Uh, what are your out, what's your outlook? More guys potentially for Sonoma, and what about the summer event? We haven't talked much about the summer event. The uh, the California uh, Run Challenge. You, know, you, you were actually you were actually not bad at controlling the <laughs> controlling the dialogue because I was going to bring that up. You know, I'm so, excited because listen because- that that you talked about stars. There's opportunities to run in on the East Coast. Right mm-hmm. now, it's just a challenge on the West Coast. Is it going to mm-hmm. be part of whatever the event summer event you have in? For sure. For sure. It will be part of Pat's Acres because I've already talked to Michael Valiante and he's excited about it. I mean, obviously they're a big TM supporter. So there's a look, we all support what we know and what we we bring to the table. I mean, that's part of this industry. Um, but Michael and I have been talking and he says, he, you know, he's, man, he's the, the, the OKN thing has him a little excited, too. So if he brings a few guys to Pat's and it's a pretty it's a pretty decent hole in the schedule, um, you know, looking at. And I'm not talking garbage to anybody, but the only really thing going on for the guys 
the guys in the lower right of my screen is uh, is uh, LAKC, and I'm not sure with what's going on with the big track. There's not going to be an LAKC for a while, so there's gonna there's gonna be a nice hole in your schedule if you want to pull you know ten guys up to Pat's Acres um, and come up there, and we have some Ocan. We we've had some good VLR classes. We've had some good shifter classes. Mini's been good up there. I mean, yeah. it's been a good event for us. Um, I know a lot of you guys haven't been up there in a while, if at all. It's have you have you been up there, Seth or Jesus, to Pat's Acres? Not for a long time. Not since uh, I think it was like a pro moto tour there. Probably. So twenty years ago, right? A long time ago. We had a great time there last year. God, that was a great event. Let me tell you, your customers sell it as a vacation. Don't sell it as a go kart race because it is unbelievable, right? Yeah. I mean, just the trees and the and the camp in there if you want to camp and everything else, but. You know, we've had a we've had decent entries up there every year, um, and I, I think it's going to be another great event. Um, like I said, uh, the the fact that Italian Italian Motors is excited about it with with the addition of the OKN allows them to come, which they haven't been there, right? So if they can if they can roll their trailer with with entries like Seth usually brings, I mean, all of a sudden it's it's another big team there ready to go battle. You know, Raleigh's going to be there. Raleigh brought fifteen or eighteen last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he's tough to beat there, but he's not impossible, right? We you just go put the work in and, and, and do your job. So I don't know. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It's like I said, it's, it's my big summer event that I like to go. It's only seven hours from here instead of the 18 it was to get to two. So I'm excited. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that wraps things up. We wanted to kind of take a deep dive into the OKN program. The launch, of course, happening at the Challenge of the Americas back in early February. Again, as uh, David and Andy have already talked about, uh, first weekend of March, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, they'll be uh, at Phoenix for that event as well. We're going to have 10 drivers in OKN. And, and again, we talked as well about the fact that it's going to be at the Stars Championship this year with Joe Janowski's program. So East Coast drivers will have an opportunity to jump into this package as well. Guys, thank you so much. Alex, Seth, Jesus, uh, Andy, I appreciate you joining us here. Obviously, it's just it's an interesting thing. It's something new to the sport. We wanted to kind of dive into it after the first event was done. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. Us. And David. Yeah, and David, as always. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, David Cole, pretty solid show, man. A lot, of, a lot of great insight yeah. from from all the different areas, right? Promoter, driver, engine builder, team owner, fathers as well. So, uh, for me, pretty pretty happy with the way that went, and a lot of good questions as well. It's a, it's an intriguing program that we're going to see here in 2023. Yeah, and still learning. Like that's that's been another key is is we're still learning about this. You know, it's great to kind of set the stage understand the kind of the foundation that was in Tucson and, and kind of go from there and see where we're going to go. And again, Phoenix coming up next weekend, we're going to get more insight. And that's a great point. As Andy said, it's a completely different racetrack than Tucson. Right. So it's going to be interesting to kind of watch how this category goes because there's a lot more tighter sections there. You got the long straightaway into Daytona and the tight hairpin right after that. So, uh, you know, we've always seen great racing in senior categories. So maybe we won't have quite the distance we saw with the Nash boys, kind of uh, set right. sailing away from the rest of the group. So maybe we'll see a little bit of a condenser field because again, gear, it kind of reminds me of 206 to where, you know, gearing is so important because you do have that rev limiter and you're kind of figuring out, okay, where, where do I want to be and yep. where do I want to hit it and where do I not want to hit it? So it, it does kind of, it reminds me of that a little bit. So 
So, folks, we're getting ready to line up a bunch more of these kind of Wednesday evening shows, uh, EKN Primetime, if you will. Look for more of those coming down the pipe. Lots of great people lined up to interview, a lot of uh, promoters to talk about, a lot of great series firing up here, uh, of course, once we get into the summer season as well. But, again, big thank you to all our guys that joined us today for this uh, this chat, chat about the OKN package. A lot very interesting, as we said. Lots more to come here, folks, on the EKN YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. That would uh, be uh, – we appreciate that quite a bit. Uh, we got a lot more content coming, folks. Uh, and it was, it was a good one for sure. Thank you so much for tuning in. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.